The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Told y'all before it was false to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know what we on. Yep, I'm back with the remixes for the John. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice, we're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. 8 to 10, birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the fans by the fans. Exactly where we at. Pull up to the tailgate, stop by F1. Baptized by the Pope, been bass for everyone. Flying in from the West Coast, even overseas. Get Blessed by Ginger Jesus, we disciples of the tree. S don't stress, we on the same conquest. Dominate the division, destroy the NFC, conquer the AFC. Grab that Vince Lombardi, went to AJ, climb it up the gut. Be grand with the strip sack, this sound familiar, huh? Aguilar on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pig six. Okay, wait, it gets worse. J train on the run, JE hitting from 60. Fletcher C in that D line, that's what you don't want to see. Irks catching tubs, foes on another level. The Super Bowl ain't the only time you see that Philly special. We live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat. Hungry dogs run faster and we don't eat cheap. No one likes us and we don't care. Cause we from Philly and we ain't never scared. Look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? He needs one of those right now. He rubs his palms together. He accepts the snap. He steps forward. He hits it. Very high. Wobbler. Coming up is Natson. He's going to try to take it back. And he doesn't get any place. He fumbles the football. Let's see. He fumbled the football. The Eagles have it. White shirt. The Eagles have it. The Eagles have it. Here we go. Welcome to Fourth and John, episode number 82. All right. Okay. Where was that all season? I'll be honest with you, boys and girls. I didn't think the Eagles had a chance in hell of going and beating the Rams in Los Angeles on Sunday night football. I would have bet the farm, the house, the car, the children's college fund, all on the fact that the Eagles were going to lose. But once again, our season hopes rest solely on the shoulders of Nick Foles, Nicky Franchise, Nicky Six, Nicky Super. Bowls, Nikki MVP, BDN, whatever you want to call him, he once again delivers. This man is an assassin. He is an absolute savage. I don't know what it is about this guy that can make him look so sub-average in preseason. And then the first two games of the season look completely average. But when the lights are the brightest and the stage is the biggest and against the best the NFL has to throw at him, Nikki Foles turns into an assassin. Now, I would be lying to the listening audience and lying to myself as a staunch Carson Wentz supporter and a guy who, you know, maybe did a little clowning of Nick Foles fans prior to the news dropping and finding out that Carson Wentz was injured and that Nick Foles was going to start. I would be lying to you if I didn't say that Nick Foles was the major contributing factor to the Eagles beating the Rams. But I would also be lying to you if I said that this wasn't the most impressive and complete 
team win of the season. I mean, the game plan was efficient, and it was simple. Doug Peterson even went back and referenced it about simplifying the game plan. The Eagles spread the ball around. Nicky Foles spread the ball around. He wasn't just eyeballing Zach Ertz. He hit eight different receivers. Turnovers on defense. Man, they've been hard hard to come by, but the Eagles got two of them. Turnovers on special teams. We're getting special team contributions, picking up that fumble, putting Nick Foles in great opportunity with a short field, a vertical passing game. Alshon Jeffrey, eight receptions, 160 yards. Dedication to the run, 31 passing plays, 28 running plays. The team defense was outstanding. They were swarming to the ball, and although they missed some tackles, didn't the tackling look a hell of a lot better than it did in previous weeks? Fletcher Cox outplayed Aaron Donald, period. He made it look like Warren Sapp was going against Broderick Bunkley. Avante Maddox was back, and the offensive line did not give up a sack and only one tackle for a loss. Yes, Nick Foles was a major contributor in the fact that the Eagles beat the Rams, but completely, as a whole, the team played amazing. And even though it was a great team victory, the conversation is going to go right back to the quarterbacks. Because ladies and gentlemen, we are in the middle of an Eagle fan civil war. Mm. You got Team Foles, You got Team Wentz. And I think collectively as a whole, the entire fan base wants the same thing. They want to see their Eagles succeed. They want to see them scratch and claw their way into the playoffs. They want to see the Eagles have the opportunity to defend the crown in the playoffs. But they want to go about it in separate ways. And secretly, I feel like the Foles fans, the Foles group over there, have been dogging Carson Wentz and waiting for him to get injured just so they could see their boy back in the spotlight. Meanwhile, I can't help but think that some of the Carson Wentz people over there couldn't wait or were hoping to see Nick Foles fall flat on his face to prove their quarterback was the right one. I now, make another baby tonight. <laughs> Carson Wentz Doug Peterson had uh, a a couple interesting quotes about Carson Wentz during Monday's press conference. And there's a lot of hypotheticals out there if the Eagles make the playoffs. And I can't stress this enough. If the Eagles make the playoffs. Eagles fans, enjoy this win against the Rams. Savor it. You deserve it. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Because in the last home game of the regular season. We have a red-hot Houston Texans team coming to town who've won 10 of their last 11. It's a tall order to beat that team. They are a good team. And you've got to win out and hope the Vikings lose one, or you win out and the Dallas Cowboys continue to crap the bed like they did against the Indianapolis Colts. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's a lot of work to be done, but we're going to play the hypothetical game, especially when it comes to the quarterbacks. But now I want to turn over, turn it over to my man in the ski mask, Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you tonight? Uh, it's it's kind of hard to breathe in here, uh, but <laughs> we, are, we are living in the moment right now. The fans are flying high. But uh, another person that, who is living in the moment and the guy who talks about being present is Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles stepped up hugely this this week against the uh, the Rams. I mean, we we wanted we want we, we weren't sure what we were going to see from Nick Foles. W- what real Nick Foles was going to stand up, and the real one stood up big time. I, I'm talking about you know big time moments. Big time players make big time uh, plays in big time moments. Uh, Nick Foles, Avante Maddox, Wendell Smallwood. Russell Douglas, Fletcher Cox. I mean, guys were stepping up all over the field. Like, and, and, you know, you look at that play of Vontae Maddox tackling Todd Gurley at the end of the game. It's these small type of plays that get these big type of wins. I mean, I feel, I feel like it was like a combination of the frustration Eagle fans have been uh, wanting to see from this Eagles football team all season long. We're talking about a balanced offensive to- attack. We saw that. We're talking about defense closing out in the end of the game. We're seeing offense start at the beginning of the game. I, I, I mean, in, in the offensive line, man, I mean, 
really stepping up big. Uh, guys like Aaron Donald, All World, Nadamikin Sue, they had their way with the running game. And, you know, having that balance is, is something we really wanted to see. Running 30 times. To 31 passes, you you gotta you gotta love that. Um, but you know, you made mention of the whole you know Wentz versus Foles thing. I think that's to me. I think uh, just like Nick Foles, Eagle fans live in the moment, enjoy what we're seeing on the football team. It's it's we're playing meaningful football. After last week, you know, losing to the Cowboys and such, Ugh. we are now playing meaningful football after beating the Rams and. Uh, we're on a ride. So, I mean, enjoy the moment. Like, I don't, I don't understand this back and forth. Like, if you're an Eagle fan, you rep whoever's under center. I don't care. Like, if, if you're stuck uh, trying to say, I'm right, uh, Nick Foles is what the, the guy or whatever, who does that after a big W? Who does that? Like, I mean, it's root for the team. At the end of the day, it's about this Eagle team sticking together and playing for the next man. Just like you fans should be sticking to the, your fans and playing uh, and rooting this Eagles team on. Absolutely, 100% with you. And Nick Foles moved the ball efficiently. He didn't light the world on fire. He didn't Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees' thing. But there was a stark contrast in the way the Eagles' offense was run played and moved the ball underneath Wentz for the last seven, eight games as opposed to Nick Foles in one game against a pretty good Rams defense. Somebody somebody told me it was, and I can't take credit for this, so I can't, I don't know whether I heard, saw it on the timeline or heard it on the radio, but they said it was backup goalie syndrome. Now, Gail, I know you don't do that hockey, so I'll explain it to you. The backup goalie, like in hockey, right? The goalie is one of the most highest-pressured positions in sports, second only to an NFL quarterback. And as long as you got a goalie that can stand on his head and make all the moves and keep you in games, you always have a chance to win a game. But when there's a backup goalie in, The rest of the team seems to, a lot of the times, elevate their play because they know they have to step up their individual game to help protect that backup goalie and not rely so much on him. And I think that that's what this team did when Foles came into the game and was announced the starter. Foles went 24 for 31, 270 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. That's not lighting the world on fire. That's where you get in trouble when you're looking at a number sheet. That's where people get in trouble when they're arguing just based off of stats. It was all about the eyeball test with Nick Foles. And you could just see the difference in the offense distributing the ball around. A vertical passing game. What What the hell is that? Alshon's catching them deep. It It was fantastic to see. So as long as this team can keep elevating their play around Nick Foles, they're going to be tough to beat. Because let me tell you something, I haven't seen that kind of, I put on the timeline, I haven't seen that kind of confidence in the offense since last postseason. I mean, think about Carson uh, Carson Wentz and and the difference between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. I think watching Nick Foles not press, uh, you know, I think he was playing within the offense, taking what's there. I mean, I I, I talk about taking that check down, whether it's taking those – Time, timed out shots to Alshon Jeffrey. Like that trust factor, hmm. utilizing Alshon Jeffrey where he wins. At, he's a 50 50 ball specialist. Mm-hmm. Throw it up, give him a, a chance, and he, he performed. Uh, it was insane. But just watching him work within the offense, I was, I was super proud of Nick Foles just because he wasn't trying to do too much, but he was taking his shots um, in a good fashion. And I feel like this offense was no different. Than it has been. I mean, Carson Wentz running the RPOs, there was something off there. Yeah. Defenses really weren't respecting the run. They weren't biting on what Carson Wentz was trying to give it give him. But I don't know whether it's Nick Foles' ball fakes are better or it's just the fact that it's a different quarterback in there. But I, I can't wrap my head around there because it's the same offense that was designed for Nick Foles last year. But for some reason, the RPOs are working. Vertical passing game is working. If I looked at a stat sheet at any point in this season and I saw that Zach Ertz only had two receptions, I would have said the Eagles lost the game 10 times out of 10. Eagles won. Nicky Foles on the center. 
I like it, buddy. Hollywood Hearn, how are you doing tonight in the ski mask? I'm doing well. I feel a little bit like Kodak Black inside this thing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> in, in the studio. Uh, but it took 15 weeks, fellas. But we finally got this Eagles team. That we, I can't do this. Can't do it with the ski mask, guys. Oh, all right, <laughs> yeah. Come on. I'm sorry. Can't handle it. So it took 15 weeks, but we finally got this Eagles team that we were waiting for. One thing I noticed, you were talking about the difference between having Carson on the field and Nick Foles on the field. There was a particular calmness and chill factor that Nick Foles has that yes. I'm not saying Carson doesn't have, but it was very noticeable last night how or um, on Sunday how calm he was in the in the quarterback position in the pocket, and I there. It was very. It's all in the eyes. It's all mm. in the eyes when he comes up to the line of scrimmage, and I particularly saw this in a Rams player, the one who ended up fumbling uh, the punt return that we listened to on the intro. The first time he went out there to receive a punt, I could see in his eyes that he was scared. He, the, the way he was, he was doing his prayers. The way he's looking around, he was very fidgety. He was, he was, he he, he wasn't calm, and he was nervous. He ended up ultimately fumbling a. I'm not saying on that play, but he ended up fumbling later in the game on a very pivotal pl- uh, play in the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that Nick Foles has this sort of chill factor. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's the BD, BDN in him. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but he's got he, that energy. It's he's the got, Lord. He's got that energy. It's the Lord, to him. okay. <laughs> um, but on the other side of the ball, what was refreshing is the front four getting getting pressure and Jim Schwartz blitzing. I, I, we've been waiting all season long for the front four to create the pressure by themselves. Dude, can we talk about something real quick? Yeah. My man, tank top pads. My boy, Michael Bennett, (laughs) has been balling out all season long. I am willing to make the argument that he's probably the most important defensive pickup we've got we got in the offseason. Yes. Uh, the offense looks completely revitalized under Nick Foles. I was saying last week how... I, I, all right, I, maybe maybe I stepped over my boundaries in talking about Zach Ertz, but my point, <laughs> my point maybe. was was that we're, we're we're talking about Zach Ertz with over a hundred receptions right now, and I don't think he has over eleven hundred yards, so he's averaging a little bit more than ten yards a catch. If you look at all the other guys with a hundred receptions, they're averaging around seventeen yards a catch. What my point with that was is the big chunk plays. The difference between Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz out on the field is Zach Ertz is going to catch everything that comes his way, for sure. But they're all ten yard button routes. Alshon Jeffrey, on the other hand, can go down and get a break off a 40-yard chunk play. And those are the types of plays that propel us into the end zone, that get that that yes, completely catch the defense off guard. When you're only making 10-yard plays, 10 yards a clip, when you add in those 40-yard plays, the, the defense has to completely switch up the game plan. That, that's crazy about the uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Like, four of his biggest plays mm-hmm. this whole season has come in this, this game with um, Nick Foles yeah. at quarterback. What, 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 was your, what was your guys' quick thoughts on uh, the Alshon versus Nelson uh, go-up-and-get-it ball? Oh, I screamed. It was the only. It was actually the only time during the game that I screamed. I yeah. screamed out loud. Woke up the kids and everything. Ah, what's that? Like, <laughs> just, uh, just something like that. I, I, yeah. I could just see them colliding like two outfielders <laughs> uh, on the Phillies and well, dropping well, that ball. Well, they, they made the. They made the. They play. made a play. Yep. And, and look, we've been clamoring and complaining and yelling all year for a deep thread. He's been on this team the entire time. It's just a matter of getting the ball to him. And you got roasted, by the way, on YouTube by somebody who said that that Zach Ertz take last week was the most ridiculous thing that he's ever heard. But there is some there is some proof in the pudding. Look, look, look at when you're stats. eyeballing Zach Ertz and you're constantly throwing to Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz is your boy, you're ignoring the entire rest of the offense. And yes, Zach Ertz has been balling out and he's going to set that record and that's great for him. He's going to set the NFL record for receptions by a tight end God bless you. But if it's at the detriment of the rest of the offense and getting the ball down the field in the vertical passing game, it's not doing you any good. And just to touch on another point that you made about that cool, calm, collected Nick Nick Foles. Foles. This is the moment I knew that the Rams were in trouble. Ice in his veins. The opening series for the Eagles. There was a great shot of Nick Foles... Just casually strolling to the line of scrimmage. I think I know the exact shot you're talking about. And just nothing. You just saw nothing. He looked like it's somebody's dad who's rolling up to a McDonald's counter at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when there's no line and just ordering his food. Yep, calm. Not getting too high, not getting too low. 
just nothing. And that's the way the Eagles or the, at the quarterback position need to approach the rest of the year. One play at a time, one drive at a time, one game at a time. Because everything from here on in is practically playoffs, baby. Yeah. And, and Nick Foles has had some big games in that stadium, uh, whether it be last year against the Rams, this year against the Rams. He upset USC when he was in, uh, playing for Arizona mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, you know, but no, he's, he's super cool, man. Like, he's calm and collect. I talked about him. That's his whole, his whole thing is being present. You know, like not thinking about the next day, just thinking about the next play. Um, and also like thinking about, you know, Zacharis. We talked about, you know, I've stuck talking about Carson Nature, you know, spreading the wealth. Right. Everybody eats. Uh, Nick, Nick Foles did that. And it, it's a part of, like, when defenses start keying on your tendencies – that's when it's it's a it's a wrap. I can go I can go back to two years past uh, with uh, Richard Sherman talking about a, a quote about knowing that uh, they're going to hit the seam with Zach Ertz and they were waiting for uh, Carson to make a mistake and they picked him on that and that was like two, two years three years ago when he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean you know spreading the wealth is where it's at and uh, you know just getting everybody involved and you can't key on anyone and that's where we win. All right, so let let's get into it. Let's get into it because I don't want to I don't want to delay it any longer. Let's get into the Foles versus Wentz debate, at least as the rest of the season is concerned. And Doug Peterson had some things to say about you know in Monday's press conference about Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Go ahead. Have you made a decision on the quarterback situation yet? I have. And who is it? It'll be Nick. Another week of rest for Carson. What will help him? Um, and and so made the decision to go forward with Nick. Is there consideration of putting Carson on IR, or are you just going to? We will not put Carson on IR. Yeah. You said you will not put Carson on IR. When we last talked to you, you said it'd take maybe three months for this to heal. Does that mean that you've got some? You've gotten good news since then. Has the time frame sped up? Did you see more doctors? Have you gotten more opinions? Well, it's a couple of things. We've gotten a little more information, um, and two, uh, this is probably why I don't like to put timetables or put players in boxes um, and, and so so things have changed just a little bit so you know he, he'll be listed as, as week to week um, we will not put him on IR and uh, you know obviously when he's healthy he's our quarterback and 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 we'll go from there now I can read into that one of two ways the first way is that Doug's just trying to play mind game with the opposition once again, where he said three months, but you know he, he he's going to be day to day or or week to week. Yeah, uh, he's he's questionable, but it's a three month recovery. You can read it like that, where he's just playing mind games, or there's the opportunity here where the injury does not require surgery, therefore can finally heal on its own, and he's kind of been playing with this already. So when Carson is healthy enough that maybe he'll come back for the playoffs if the Eagles get get there. So, Gail, I'm going to pose this question to you. Let's say Nick Foles wins out and things work in our favor where the Minnesota Vikings lose a game or the Dallas Cowboys lose both of their remaining games. That's unlikely considering it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New York Giants, but that's neither here nor there. Let's say things work in our favor and we go into the playoffs. Carson Wentz is healthy at this point. Just throwing out a hypothetical. Who are you putting in there for the postseason, Mr. Gail Saunders? Are you going with Foles or are you going with Wentz? Uh, I mean, me, me personally, or me acting as Doug Doug Peterson. You personally, I think. I mean, I think if Wentz is you know healthy, a hundred percent, but you know he's not going to be a hundred percent healthy. You know, obviously, watching Nick, watching Carson Wentz play this season, something's been off. I've I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. When the first time he got injured, when he got up, I was like, I knew something was wrong with him because I've never seen. I just knew something was off with Carson Wentz. Um, I think you'd ha- you'd have to go with Nick Foles right now. He's hundred percent healthy. He's playing like he looks healthy. So I mean, Nick Foles. You roll with Nick Foles. Carson Wentz is, is not that your final answer. Carson Wentz is not going to be hundred percent healthy. That's your final answer, Nick Foles. Yeah, Hollywood Hearn. I got to be honest with you. I'm uh, I'm siding with Gail on this one. The way the way that I look at it is, I've already been told that this Carson injury is going to take three months to recover. I understand that maybe he can be strong and tough it out, 
But ultimately, how I look at this team and how I look at the season is Carson is my long-term guy. I don't want to risk further injury on him. And spine and brain injuries in particular, I, I treat with extra precaution. Like, 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 like a disc. If, he, if he's got a crack in his disc, that's something I take a lot more serious than, you know, a hurt wrist or something like that. That could be something that's permanent damage. So I, I would roll for the safety aspect with Nick Foles. I mean, he's, he's the future. You know, he's the future. Ultimately, no matter what happens, I think Nick Foles isn't on this team next year. I think Carson is. But if I is Carson Wentz abstaining from sex? Because that back he waited till marriage, man. Let him do what he wants. Hey, but I'm saying, like you know, boom boom in the in the boom room room. Yeah, with that that back, no. So Nick Gale, Foles. Gale is going Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Hollywood Hearn is going Nick Foles. You traitor! I'm not traitor. Turncoat. Lion, sons of, you know what? I'm going Nick Foles too. <laughs> I'm going Nick Foles too. But I've got a couple different reasons as to why. Yes, Carson Wentz isn't fully 100. percent But more so than all of that, we need a hard reset on Carson Wentz. I'll agree with both of you. Carson Wentz is the future. He's the franchise quarterback, and more than likely, Nick Foles is going to opt out, and move on, and have his opportunity to be the starter in some other town. He'll get an opportunity and, and, and deserve yeah. deserve the opportunity to do so. But Carson Wentz. Both mentally and physically, needs a, we don't need to just hit the reset button. We need to pull the cord out of the machine. Because I'm not interested in seeing an 80% Carson Wentz like we've been seeing all season. Because it takes a full year yeah. to recover from a knee tear, let alone a double knee tear, and come to find out he's had back problems since, what, October? Right. And come to find out that it's developed into a fracture in his back? I'm not willing to risk the future of the franchise any further than it's already been risked. Secondly, you saw the offense and the team rally around Nick Foles like they did for last postseason. There's some postseason magic with Nick. I can't explain it. I don't know how he does it, but the proof's in the pudding. And the team is playing around him. You do not want to disrupt that kind of chemistry at this point. You don't want to, this is my third point, you don't want to manufacture a quarterback controversy. Let's say things go the way of the Eagles' favor, and they win out, and the Vikings, blah, 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 all the playoff scenarios. They make it in as, at the sixth seed. You mean to tell me you are then going to put Carson Wentz back into the game, back into the lineup, and expose him to the potential of manufacturing a quarterback controversy if he has to go to Chicago, if the playoff standings stay where they are right now, go to Chicago and get his butt whooped. Let's say that he pulls off a miracle and the Eagles beat Chicago in Chicago in the wild card round. As the sixth seed, you are now playing the one seed who is coming off of that first round by one New Orleans Saints. So you mean to tell me once again you were going to put Carson Wentz in the position where he has to go back down to New Orleans and try to recover from that butt whooping they got earlier in the season after Nick Foles' looked so good? You were setting by putting Carson Wentz into the playoffs, healthy enough to play, healthy enough, air quotes, to play or not, you are setting him up for failure. You are setting the team up for failure. Because going into the offseason, they're going to be looking back like, hey, Nicky Foles got this job done to get us into the playoffs, and then he went to Carson Wentz and he crapped the bed? Now you are sprinkling doubt within the locker room. You can't have that. The only other way you are going to manufacture that sort of quarterback controversy is if Nick Foles goes to the playoffs wins three games, and then wins the Super Bowl, and now even me as a Carson Wentz supporter, yeah, he's a franchise, he's a future, all of a sudden now I'm even throwing my hands up going, what what, what am I supposed to do now? You got Carson Wentz, the guy you drafted, the guy you trade up twice to go get, the guy you gave up all those assets to go get, the guy you groomed, the guy that was the MVP candidate last year, and then you got Nick Foles, who all he does is win Super Bowls. I mean, it's a a great problem to have because you got two rings, you went back-to-back. But that if you put Carson Wentz in the playoffs, if they should so make it, 
You are, in essence, manufacturing your own quarterback controversy and setting Carson up for failure yeah. and doubt within the locker room. I mean, and that's coming from a Carson Wentz supporter. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, before before last week's show, I'm sitting in here with Trox. This is before you. I didn't, what did I say to you? I said, I would sit Carson because he doesn't look healthy. This is before anything broke. I'm just because I'm saying, you know, after they lost the cap, you know, I'm like, you sit him down, man. Rest him. Make sure he's healthy for next year because that's that's the future. And that's the way I, I look at Carson. I'm like, that's our baby right now. That's the franchise QB. Yeah, there, there's no, there's no need to put him in harm's way, and because he's he's young and dumb and full of you know, fight, and uh, <laughs> the dude will will put his body on the line for this team. He will, like, like you saw that Panthers Panthers game where he he tried to run over linebackers. He will put his uh, the Rams game from last year. He will try and throw a touchdown with a torn ACL because that's what Carson will, throw will do. So you have to take him out of harm's way because that's your franchise QB. And I think uh, I mean you made some good points, and I, I think it, it's you're, you just don't want to put him in a, a bad situation. We've taken two very hard, firm stances on this show collectively as a whole. When it comes to the quarterback position. Number one, we didn't want to see Nick Foles traded. Not last year. Not for anything besides a first round pick. Because at that point, we didn't know Carson Wentz's progression. Leading up in the preseason. Let's look back and remember a little bit. We didn't know whether Carson was going to be gone two games. Whether he was going to start the season, be gone two games, four games, six games. There was even talk about eight games. We didn't know. So we needed Nick Foles there. And then, even when Carson comes back, if he gets injured again, now you have the best insurance policy in football on the sidelines. Look how it all came to fruition. Yeah. The second hard stance that we took regarding the quarterback position was this. It's Carson Wentz's team. When, it, when he's healthy, it's his team. And I still feel that way, 100%. But right now, and for the remainder of the 2018 season, however far along that takes us, where's my keys? Because we are giving it to Nick Foles. Nick Foles has got the keys to the car, man. You, you can't doubt him anymore. No. You just can't doubt him. He's proven him. himself. Not after what he did last year, and certainly not after what he did against the Rams. So, looking back in hindsight at, uh, at the Eagles season, a lot of people felt like maybe the Eagles rushed Carson back in week three. I think so. Do you I think, think that's ultimately? Out. Do you think that, that that panic was caused by the fans get, getting on the front office, or do you think that that was caused within the locker room? No, I, I think there was legitimate panic on the way. And again, it's the strangest thing to explain. It was panic in the way that Nick Foles played in those first two games. Remember, he wasn't he wasn't like balling out or anything. No, no. He averaged two hundred and twenty five yards a game. He had, I think, one touchdown. And I think a, a couple picks. And under an 80, 80 passer rating. He was averaging under an 80 passer rating. So he wasn't lighting the world on fire. It didn't look good. Remember, this is the same Nick Foles-led offense that when we hung a banner on Thursday night football against the Atlanta Falcons, got booed off the field at halftime. This is the same Nick Foles offense that, yeah, he was slinging the ball all day against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the team got down so early, but they didn't look good doing it. No. Go ahead, Gabe. But it's also if you if you go back and look at the the weapons that Nick Foles was, was working with, it's pretty Better. interesting. I mean, you, you're looking at Mike Wallace, DeAndre Carter, Nelson Aguilar as his outside weapons. There is no Golden yeah, no Tate, Alshon, no Alshon. You you go to the Colts game, guys. Well, that he's he's throwing to Joshua Perkins, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar. So he's got Golden Tate. He's got Alshon, a guy who he loves to throw the fifty-fifty ball to. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I mean, it's, it's a better, uh, it's a better offense that he's throwing the football. Plus, lost in all this is the fact that just Carson needs to get healthy. I'm not, I'm not interested in seeing an eighty percent Carson. I'm yeah. not interested in seeing because right now, I think the last Dallas game we might have saw with back fracture and still getting over a double knee tear, we might have saw a sixty percent. Yeah, Carson. I'm not interested in seeing a seventy-five and eighty or even a ninety percent Carson. Give me a hundred percent Nick Foles. Right. 
that, and, that that the team believes in and backs and does that backup goalie syndrome where everybody plays around him. Give me that in the postseason if we should make it. So and 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 when when I'm oh, I'm sorry we got to speak it into existence <laughs> when. Speaking of speaking into existence, where was that speaking to existence when he was talking about the predictions? When he was talking about the oh, predictions? Where, where's oh, the sound? This, right oh, this is you. Team is going to go, you know, play a uh, <laughs> team who takes low angled selfies. This is Gail speaking into existence, by the way. <laughs> and lose to Zach Prescott. It's not a, it's 10 and all. Yeah, there he is. Speaking this, it into this, existence. But this is also pre injury when we got, you know, like, I, I, you know. I still, I still feel that way. I still feel yes, like this team that I'm seeing right now is the team that I expected to see. Yeah, you know, if we had guys like Timmy Jernigan and we had our starting, you know, defensive back there, I mean, we got guys that you've never even heard of. Some of Eagle fans don't even know who they're out there on the field. Uh, but I think uh, they're those fin- guys have been stepping up. Yeah, they're finally gelling though, yeah. which is cool. But by the way, speaking of getting healthy and you know pre-injury and stuff like that, I know the Eagles medical staff has been a hot topic. Oh yeah, uh, amongst Eagles fans and a lot of people. Like I got a lot of people in my mentions talking about like, yo, this is just hot take. There's nothing wrong with the Eagles medical staff. You can't blame Carson Wentz's injury on the Eagles medical staff. And look, it might be true. Because a lot of these compression fractures just start as something benign that never comes up on a, on a scan whatsoever and then progresses into something that you can literally visually see right. on a scan or an x-ray. So it progressively got worse. And this might not necessarily be attributed to Carson Wentz's injury. But allow me to say this to all the people that think the medical staff is just a quote-unquote hot take. I... <clears throat> Gotta be careful how I word this. I still got a lot of friends in the building, okay? Uh, a lot of times when I receive information, like you'll hear me talk about it a year later, two years later, i.e. the Deshaun Jackson stuff, so right. on and so forth. The Eagles medical staff was brought to my attention uh, at the beginning of the 2017 season as an issue because I had a conversation with an individual talking about Man, it, it, it's so weird that Jordan Matthews got traded to Buffalo and then got hurt, like, right out the get. Like, just injured. And a bad injury, too. And that's when I got the look. And then they were like, listen, man, this medical staff has been botching and misdiagnosing players left and right. They misdiagnosed and mistreated Jordan Matthews' injury. They misdiagnosed and mistreated Kiko Alonzo's injury, which is—and and make no mistake about it. I hated Shakiko a lot. You hate Shakiko. I hated Shakiko. So I'm not trying to stick up and defend Shakiko. I know he's playing down in Miami, and just because he's playing, people are like, see, he can play. Just because he's on the field doesn't mean that dude can play. But nevertheless, the medical staff actually misdiagnosed Kiko Alonzo, and that's why he was in street clothes so often during that Chip Kelly thing. A lot of this medical stuff dates back to like when Chip brought all his guys in, and they fired Straight up fired two in two doctors, two team doctors, right after the Super Bowl. So I'm piecing two and two together going, man, they must have rode that out to the end of the season and then right. axed those two doctors. And I know a lot of the, the, the complaining on social media has been from former players and Manuel Acho. Ed, ed, edge players and guys that were on the bubble and maybe on the practice squad Earl who were Wolf. here for a cup of coffee. What a, Earl Wolf is another one. But these guys... Keep in mind, just because they didn't play a major role with the Philadelphia Eagles or a starting role or didn't spend a significant amount of time here, they were in the training rooms. We were not. So, like, it's like victim blame. Like, you might want to take what these guys have to say, you know, as they're saying it. Because there is some truth behind this medical staff stuff. There's too many coincidences. There's too many coincidences. And this year, like, look, we've been talking about being snake bit all year. There's a difference between being snake bit and, okay, there's something going on here. There's there's an issue here. Why, why is it that Darren Sproles went from day to day to week to week, from month to month? So, why is it that Jalen Mills was supposed to return and then all of a sudden placed on IR? Why is it that Chris Maragos today is going under a knee surgery again? Why is it that Mac Hollins had hernia 
surgery, yep. and we still had like I don't know She's where Mac Hollins is. Where is Mac Hollins? Somebody go to his house, knock on his door, make sure he's still breathing, and they didn't dump his body in the Schuylkill River. Yeah, there's a there's too many coincidences here. I mean, the toughest thing is for guys that are on the bubble roster bubble when you're trying to make the roster, and there's a lot of money at stake. And the doctor's telling you that you're okay, that you can go out there. You're going to put your body on the line because your whole livelihood is your fam. Like, there's a lot on the line. How you pay the bills. So guys will go out there and injure themselves because doctors are telling you to, I mean, if, if, if you can't do it, they'll find another man to do it. Absolutely. You took the ski mask off. Got a little stuffy in here with the ski Hot, mask on? Bro. Do you Hot. like the, Do you like the ski mask thing? I, do, I mean, I, I, I honestly like it more than the, than the underdog thing, like like the masks. That, really, that, the, I like the the okay. look of the ski masks more than the dog masks. Okay, I think it's a good. I I, th- I just think when teammates have something in common that they can find something to motivate them. Yeah, to elevate their gameplay, to have something of their own become a thing, and have it go far. It's it's cool to see. You know, I I feel like the fans can get involved. I mean, you should be getting involved anyway. I mean, this is this is playoff football that we're playing next this week. Yeah, uh, but Do I or think, die. I think it's 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 cool. It's cool. I just like it for this fact. And a couple episodes ago, I kind of addressed it that Doug Peterson was trying to hit a chord all season with this team. The pressure's off of us. Uh, embrace the target. Uh, the new noise. Every every little like little thing he threw out there against the wall to try to grab the team's attention seemed to not work. And that's because it has to be manufactured by the players themselves. The reason why that underdog mentality and the masks were so popular was not because it became it came from the front office or it came from the fans. It came from the players themselves, and the city embraced it. It's good. To to see Rodney McLeod in the pregame little defensive back huddle holding up that ski mask as a symbol of make a play. Make a play and get to put on the mask. That's a player manufactured like rally cry. Yeah. I love it. And in fact, I went to like four different stores yesterday, couldn't find these ski masks. Couldn't find them whatsoever. Put the word out on Twitter that uh that man, I'm having trouble finding these ski masks. I got like four different DMs of people in California, of people uh, people in DC. They're mailing out ski masks for us to wear at the tailgate. And if you are attending the tailgate this Sunday, the last home tailgate, and what might be if we get the sixth seed, the last home game at the link this year, and your final chance to say au revoir to Nick Foles. Find yourself a ski mask. It is ski mask season. It is a ski mask tailgate. Man, I bought, bought my uh, I bought five today to bring for the show, and uh, it's funny because the, the the woman's looking at me like, why why you know? It's a holdup, and it's in Times Square, so she's like, a brother know, she, in New York she's, is buying she's, ski masks. She's yeah. like, she's like, uh, you're not trying to rob a bank, are you? I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan. I don't get it. She's like, what does that mean? <laughs> Obviously, you don't know what it means. It's, give me the damn mask. It's ski mask season, honey. Don't yeah. worry about it. We're trying to steal victories. We're trying to steal victories in this place. Speaking of stealing victories, they did it out in L.A., and we had one of our 4th and John representatives out there in L.A. working the periscope and keeping us up to date with all the Eagles fans that were out there. Mr. Trox. In the bushes. The Trox in the bushes in L.A. Out right? of the bushes. Yo. I was not in the bushes in L.A. So what was the vibe like? Because Gail and I were there last year, and I got to admit, looking at the stands, looking at the, you know, watching the game, it seemed like there was a lot more people there, Gail, I think you'll agree, than when you and I went out there last year. But last year it was a good, like, I would say 60-40 split or even 50-50 with Rams fans and Eagles fans. What was the vibe like? What was the split like? What were the Eagles fans saying out there in the tailgate at the game in L.A.? It, it, the split, pretty much the same, I would probably say. I was on the Eagles sideline, and th- it was the, the whole entire that side of the field was covered with Eagles fans. You had you might you had your bits and pieces of, of uh, Rams fans in the, in the mix, but uh, for the most part, anytime something positive happened with the Eagles, that's when you sure as hell noticed. And you could hear it on the TV. And, uh, yeah, I was getting messages well. from buddies back home saying. Keep it up. We can hear you on the TV because TV can zone that stuff out. Correct? Is oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, they were just like amazed that it was going like that. You could think of any chant that happens at home. 
it was going on during that game. I saw the Foles chant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was quick on the phone. I had my, I had like two separate battery chargers just to make sure I didn't lose any juice in my phone. Oh, you're living like E-Rock. I had to, I had to get whatever was going to happen there at any <laughs> moment. And you know what? It worked out great because my battery died exactly walking out of the stadium. So you know, everything worked out great. But um, for the most part, we, I, I was in shock. I, from people were saying how they noticed the offense. I, I that's the first time I saw the swag on defense all year. Yeah, mm, they had that swag. Yeah. Yeah. they really did. The the I guess the no namers that were out there in the backfield, they they worked as a group. It was good to see Darby back out there. Um, when Fletcher went down, I was real happy that he came back into the game because oh god, that, that scared was, the crap. Oh, oh my he god, got yes. off, didn't he? Yeah, he got that's carted off. Yeah. yeah, and um, but past couple weeks between our defensive line. And I gotta give it. I gotta give it to Nigel Bradham. That man's been balling. He, he's been in every. He's been tackled. The whole left time he's, he's been he, an eagle. He's huh? playing like a madman right now. But I am, uh, fellas. St. <laughs> Nick, man. Oh, St. Nick. He was feeling it. Now, now the Eagles fans out there. I love the Eagles fans in LA because they are so like ravenous. They are so happy just to see their Eagles play. Were they hyped? Even even though it was like, listen, we just came off of that Dallas loss. Our heads were kind of down. It was kind of, listen, we don't go into the game expecting to win. Was there a sense of hope or was there more of a sense of like surprise when they were actually pulling it off? Okay, so when the Rams got, I believe, their first touchdown in the game, that was their only lead of the game, I believe. And after they scored that touchdown... I, I, I was shocked. I heard a chant of Eagles suck, Eagles suck by the mm. Rams fan. And you know what? I watched the game last night again. You can hear that on the TV after they scored a touchdown from them. But that was it from the rest of the game. It was almost like you got that... Um, Did they start leaving early? They, the they, Rams fans? Uh, yep. They, they started leaving beginning of the fourth quarter before the Rams even got their comeback march. Um, but... For the most part, they just seemed like that, you know, that seventh or eighth man on the basketball team that never gets on the court, yeah. <laughs> that waves his towel. So you know, they, 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 you felt their presence in the room, but you know they weren't doing anything else. Yeah. And that's pretty much the vibe I got of it. But for the most part, in that stadium, I mean, it's cool. It's historic. It's old. Old as dirt. <laughs> it's old. That is it's a old. And, um, stadium. But like you guys said, there was no screens last year. They actually added three screens, so that was nice. There was one behind me, then there was the other one on either side of the um, the flame on the one end of the, uh, of the stadium. So uh, that was actually cool because you guys told me there was no screens. So I was like, oh, uh, when I was about to find my ticket. So we actually uh, we lucked out and we got some good seats on the Eagles sideline. And um, I, 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 I just can't believe that happened, brothers. I really don't. And the fact that people left the stadium too. You know, you you guys have sat with me at games, and me and you are kind of similar when it's nervous time. You can't sit still. Mm. You got the the Philly swag going on. You're swaying you're back, and, back and yeah, forth. You're swaying you're back and forth. Got those but, nervous tips. But people behind me was like a whole row was gone. So I'm walking back and forth like a caged animal for those last four minutes, and I'm just don't know what's going on. I'm like, like maybe the six minute mark. You got people around me, the Eagles fans. They're they're cheering back and forth like, yeah, yeah, we got. I'm like, this is not done yet. And then it happened. But you know what? Everyone stepped it up as a team. And like you guys said, that there's that ice in the veins when, when Nikki's on the field. Nikki chill. And I can't wait for this Sunday to see how it works out. I love it. Thanks for well, thanks for keeping us with the periscopes oh, and yeah. up to date and the videos and stuff like that. We certainly enjoyed it watching it back here at home. And, and and Rams fans, just as a reminder. Whose house? Eagles house. Deal with it, buttercup. It's our house. Pro Bowl uh, announcements came out today as well. Yes. We got three of them. Cox, Ertz, Brooks. Any of those a surprise? Anybody get snubbed? Uh, Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. Jenkins got yeah, that's, on, the, that's, the, that's the one that first One came of the most mind. versatile like, players out you there. You got to be kidding me. Come on. And I know, like a lot with the Pro Bowl voting and with the pro the players that actually play in the Pro Bowl, a lot of that changes. Yeah. Some of these people are injured. Right. There's going to be replacement players, so on and so forth. So, anticipate a, maybe one or two Eagles getting bumped up to the Pro Bowl roster. But if one of them isn't named Malcolm Jenkins, that is a travesty, an absolute travesty. Uh, I mean, I would like to hear Lane Johnson name be up there, but Jason it, Kelsey, his play hasn't been up to par. You know, this yeah. season, you know, he's been a little off uh, his first part of the season. But Jason Kelsey, yeah. another, another guy who's been injured, though, too. Yeah. 
But they they played lights out last week, man. I mean, I don't I don't care about no Pro Bowl as long as you get the dubs. Before we get out of here, let's go over some predictions because right now, OddShark.com ten and zero has, has the Eagles uh, giving the Texans uh, a point and a half, fifty two percent on the uh, of the action on the Texans. Over under is 74 percent on the over, and OddShark.com has a uh, predicted score of twenty two to twenty five in favor of the Eagles. So Mr. Gale Saunders. Give me a prediction. Uh, going with the going with the Eagles, obviously. Uh, you know the the stat is the the Texans have not beaten the Eagles. They're, that is true. And they also have, as the Houston Oilers haven't beaten the Eagles. I mean, the last time the Texans did play the Eagles, Carson, I mean uh, Nick Foles got hurt, uh, mm. 2014 with the collarbone thing. Okay. But uh, you know it's a new day, and I think uh, they're, they're going to handle them. You know, I, I think they're playing at home. I think there's a lot at stake. And I think that the fans and, you know, uh, this new look offense, I, I think uh, the Texans are going to be uh, in for some trouble. Hollywood Hearn. I've got, uh, I've got the Eagles winning in a low-scoring game. Got a 20-17 to 17 win. Rocks. I think it's a dogfight with the defense. Last, last drive stand to win the game. I like the Eagles. I think it's going to be a tough game. 24-21 birds. Quick couple shout-outs before we get on out of here, because once again, there was a couple of Eagles fans that sent out uh, ski masks for the tailgate. Frank Mecca, uh, want to give a shout-out to Justin Healy. Also, Mendoza. My man found trucks. At M-E-N-D-555 on Twitter. Let's bring it home. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Good observation. Or donkey. Dang, that's kind of dope. Hallelujah! Hitting safeties in the league. And my fuse is lit! You like that? Yes, you did!